0: From the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Boris Johnson told America and Iran to dial it down and make a deal.
1: Mr Johnson did praise Mr Trump as a great deal-maker.
0: Our Deputy Political Editor Nicholas Cecil on the Prime Minister's surprise intervention into US politics. Also,
2: the ones I saw were pretty massive, you know, they're these amazing, beautiful wooden structures, often like mansions with, you know, various entrances for for boats to moor and platforms for people to dive off and barbecue gardens and terraces.
0: We speak to ES Magazine editor-in-chief Laura Weir about her time in the same area Harry and Meghan are borrowing a $14 million mansion while their future is finalised. And... It's a very unusual move. Um, You can see why the Serpentine said yes, though. South Korea's BTS are the biggest boy band in the world. Why are they collaborating with London's Serpentine on a massive art project? The Standard's Robert Dex explains. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, Nicholas Cecil on Boris Johnson's appeal to the US and Iran.
3: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything
0: going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
3: wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
0: Boris Johnson's calling for the nuclear pact with Iran to be replaced with a new Trump deal. In an interview with the BBC, he says it's time to dial down tension in the Middle East after the US assassination of Iranian General Qasem Soleimani. Our deputy political editor, Nicholas Cecil, is covering the story. Nicholas, this seems like quite a surprising intervention.
1: Boris Johnson's language has certainly caught people in diplomatic circles by surprise because on the face of it he appears now to be pushing the idea of replacing the JCPOA, which is a nuclear agreement struck in 2015 between Tehran and major world powers. Now if you contrast this with the language of Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab, who tweeted just a few hours later on this issue, and there does seem to be at least a difference in emphasis as Mr Rob is talking about preserving the nuclear deal. This morning, he announced that Britain, France and Germany had triggered a dispute resolution mechanism for breaches by Iran of the nuclear deal. And he stressed, we want to bring Iran back into full compliance and preserve the deal.
0: Is Boris Johnson acknowledging that the current nuclear deal with Iran is over?
1: I would not go quite so far at this stage and say that Britain regards the JCPOA as dead but it is certainly in a critical condition after Donald Trump pulled the US out of it in 2018 and hopes are not high that Tehran will fall back into line just because the dispute resolution mechanism has been triggered. I don't think there is much confidence in Whitehall or Washington that a new deal can be struck by Mr Trump, certainly not soon. Both options. Reviving the JCPOA or striking a new deal look hugely challenging, but the alternatives are very bleak. The West is determined to stop Iran getting nuclear weapons, but also desperately wants to avoid a new Middle East war, which could be triggered by military strikes at Iranian nuclear facilities. Mr. Johnson, though, did praise Mr. Trump as a great deal maker, and he seems to be seeking to encourage him to find a way to break the deadlock while the West also keeps pressure on Tehran to find a way out of the current crisis.
0: Let's return to domestic issues. What's the Prime Minister said on the chances of a Brexit deal this year?
1: In typically colourful language, Mr Johnson said it was epically likely that a comprehensive deal would be reached by the end of December, suggesting this would happen unless there was what he called a complete failure of common sense. But he stopped short of a cast iron guarantee of a comprehensive trade deal which many experts say is almost impossible to achieve in such a short timescale. So on the chances of a new Iran nuclear deal or a comprehensive EU-UK trade deal by the end of the year, I certainly would not bet on either. next.
2: The sense I'm getting is they they want to achieve a lifestyle that's slightly more progressive, slightly more globally nomadic, and I feel like, yes, they could live uh, in Vancouver Island.
0: Laura Weir on the allure of Vancouver Island, the bolt hole where Harry and Megan are staying, and could move to long term.
1: Part of this is not knowing what might be around the corner.
0: Vancouver Island tourist agency destination British Columbia sells the area as a place for those who enjoy doing things differently. It's where Harry and Meghan were holidaying immediately before announcing they want to quit being senior royals. And it's where the evening standards revealed Harry will fly to before the end of the week to be with his wife and their son Archie. So, Vancouver Island in a mansion by the waterfront is where the couple will be while it's decided how they live the rest of their lives. But could it be right there? ES Magazine's editor-in-chief, Laura Weirs written for the paper on the time she spent on the same archipelago as Harry and Meghan will be, and she's with me now. Laura, what's it like?
2: Yes, so I spent a year in Vancouver, actually, when I was 21 years old for reasons I'm sure we'll get on to later. And I spent a lot of time in the Vancouver city mainland. And then I holidayed with new friends that I had made in the city up in the archipelago, uh, just north of the city, which, is, which includes Vancouver Island and various other islands. It is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life. It's uh, very relaxing. The pace of life slows right down beautiful landscapes, incredible fresh air. So lots to love about it.
0: In the column, you talk about these cabins. Tell me about those, because they're not what I would expect to be a bit of a cabin.
2: Much like anything, there are sort of varying degrees of the sizes of these properties, and they call them cabins because I think when um, parents of, uh, you know, the friends that I made out in Vancouver, when they first built these cabins, they were essentially cabins, and many of them, I think, bought land on these islands when they were in their sort of late 20s, early 30s. And then over the year, these sort of parents of, built these bigger properties and now we're seeing out in Vancouver Island and across the other islands yes smaller cabins but the ones I saw were pretty massive you know they're these amazing beautiful wooden structures often like mansions with entrances for for boats to moor and platforms for people to dive off and barbecue gardens and terraces and they are decorated beautifully and very in keeping with this sort of Canadian uh, great outdoors lots of wood Um, but they are you know there are there are small properties but there are also astronomically huge properties out there this
0: sounds like the kind of lifestyle that i particularly would quite enjoy so you've got that kind of rural atmosphere but if you wanted to quick flights to LA exactly and I
2: think that's why I'm making a real case for Vancouver because obviously we we don't know if it's going to be Vancouver or Toronto which is where Megan has um, filmed during much of her career in the sitcom suits that was based out in Toronto Um, but the great thing about Vancouver it's known as Little Hollywood there are various um, tax benefits I think to filming a lot in Vancouver it's very hospitable to the creative industry so you see a lot of films being made there and like you said short flights to LA as well for uh for the actress um you know she may not want to, to carry on that part of her career but it's very accessible to um the pacier side of life but then also offers a, a sort of sanctuary which which I think uh, is kind of the best of both worlds
0: you can just imagine them can't you I mean I don't know about you Laura, but sometimes when I'm on holiday I'll be in some big posh hotel or a relatively cheap Airbnb, not quite like this, but looking out and going, do you know what, I, I, I could live here. You could imagine that, can't you? Could they live there?
2: I I mean, I think you could. I mean, it would it would be a, a huge departure from the lifestyle that they lead now. But I think the interesting thing is what I'm getting, the sense I'm getting is they, they want to achieve, much like many um, people I know, a lifestyle that's slightly more progressive, less um kind of ruddered to one place slightly more globally nomadic crossing time zones not feeling wedded to one location Um, and I feel like yes they could live uh, in Vancouver Island if they really did want to retreat I mean it is quite isolated but equally Vancouver itself provides that again the best of both worlds to be able to have that kind of rural escape but then also be connected to a city as well.
0: And if you want to find out why Laura was there, you'll have to read our article in the newspaper or online at standard.co.uk. DNA by BTS is one of the biggest selling singles of modern times, with around 3 million copies sold. The videos also had more than 900 million views on YouTube. The K-pop band are at the height of their incredible success, and their next release is an art exhibition at the Serpentine Gallery in London, part of a global project announced by the group. Our editorial column thinks it'll be a hit.
5: If you haven't heard of BTS, you will soon. When they last came to London, they stormed the O2. Now they're growing up, as big bands often do. Back in the 60s, the Beatles went from mop-haired kids to sitar-strumming philosophers in the time it took them to go from Please Please Me to Rubber Soul. Now, BTS are revealing their intellectual side too, by teaming up with the Serpentine Gallery as part of a global art project. London is getting Catharsis by the Danish artist Jakob Kudsteinsson, which is supposed to provide an environment through which viewers can redefine their relationship to nature. It sounds lovely, even if the tranquility doesn't last long. 10,000 screaming teenage fans in Kensington Gardens should see to that.
0: Our arts correspondent Robert Dex is here. Now, Robert, just to put this in perspective, BTS have sold more than 40 million records. Their last tour was seen by more than 1.5 million people. They are the biggest boy band in the world, and now they're doing an art exhibition. It's an unusual move for a pop band. It's a very unusual move. Um, You can see why the
4: Serpentine said yes though. I mean, As you say, they are huge. If you ask any gallery what they want, they want people through their doors. On top of that, they want people through their doors who don't normally come through their doors Um, and BTS and their fans have that in spades. Um, By simply saying we're doing this with the Serpentine, they will increase their audience, they will diversify their audience hugely. Um, It's an absolute no-brainer for the gallery. What are they doing? They've employed a curator who has in turn employed some other curators who have in turn commissioned about 22 artists to do five very large-scale public free works of art. Um, So how much exactly they have to do with it, you would have to ask them, not me. But they're giving their back into these works. um, And for The Serpentine, they've chosen a Danish artist who has basically done a huge digital recreation of an ancient North American forest. Um, It looks astounding. Quite why they've done it, I don't know. If you visit the show, there will apparently be a message from BTS explaining what they want to do. Um, I think it's just that classic pop band. Uh, As you say, they're massive. And When pop bands get massive, going right back to the Beatles and the Stones, they get bored with just putting out records and playing gigs. And they think, what else can we do? We have all these fans, all these people listen to us. They go off and make films, or they set up fashion ranges or Apple records as the Beatles did. bts have decided to get into contemporary art why
0: not and some of the people they are working with you've mentioned one of the artists there was people like anthony gormley who's a bit of a rock star himself isn't he
4: indeed i mean they they, they have gone for for big serious players like the serpentine and, and like anthony gormley who um is using lots and lots of aluminium tubes to create a, what he calls i think a live drawing on the brooklyn bridge in new york um, and that's another part of it it's london it's new york it's Seoul. um I guess, where would you find people who have that international reach? And you'd find it nowhere else but pop music. And, you know, they have that reach. They have fans all over the world. So they can pull people to all these different locations.
0: Once you hit a certain level of fame, you have a genuine influence and a genuine power. And it's really interesting that an act like BTS is using that to drive people towards art, isn't it? That must be, that's to their credit.
4: It's certainly, I mean, they could you know, as we also know, when pop bands get to to that level, you can also spend all your money doing other things that often end your career quite quickly. So um, yeah, no, all, all credit to them. I mean, I think it does fit in with their, certainly the thing with the Serpentine is extremely visual, um, is digital cutting edge technology. And also you don't have to go to Serpentine to visit it. It will be online, which won't be quite the same experience, but still will be be worth doing. And that obviously fits in with all their appeal. Their, you know, if you are a huge pop band you have strong visual appeal you now have mastered the digital world to reach your fans and so it is playing
0: to their strengths if you like we know they're doing the video message but what bts fans want to know and i know there's a lot of them listen to the leader of are they going to be there there was a video message
4: for people that were there this morning um whether they'll go there in the future i think they've got till the end of march before the show closes so um we will see talking i mean talking of pop icons bob dylan had a show in a Mayfair gallery a couple of years ago. Um, He wasn't there for the opening, but they did say he did pop in and stroll around while nobody was watching. Um, Whether BTS can pop in and stroll around anywhere while no one is watching is probably a different
0: matter, but uh, who knows? And that's the leader. Subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode and you can rate and share us too. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. See you then.